We're back with the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Gina and Eric Robinson, and we are in 2 Kings. We didn't get to finish... Um, Chapter 2. Yeah, 1 Kings. I'm sorry. First said 2 Kings. I meant 1 right. Kings 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got the second part of this to do today. Mm-hmm. Yep. Starts right around the halfway mark. Right. And we had seen some interesting things in the first part of this chapter. Mm-hmm. That, yes, we have. You know, David telling Solomon that certain people needed to be eradicated. Mm-hmm. And um, then we saw that begin. Mm-hmm. We saw how Adonijah reached out and tried to take um, one of David's wives. Yep. And Solomon knew that was his moment. He needed to take care of that yep. right away. Yep. Because it was a threat to it was the throne, a, a threat yeah, to the new kingdom. That subtle, backhanded way of still trying to take take some authority for himself that added not to the show. And if you missed the last podcast, we talked a lot about how um, we're looking at this through a, a spiritual uh theological lens not necessarily just as history right so when we see these things they're sometimes difficult Mm -hmm. uh, to stomach because it's violent and Mm -hmm. bloody um but that we should be seeing it as a spiritual problem that's being taken care of that's right in christ because jesus said it was all about him so in him, it has to be deeper than just the history of the event. Mm-hmm. There's something else going on that's pointing to Jesus's kingdom. Right. So we'll continue with that mm-hmm. as we go forward. Yep. Um, let's see. So our, so our next piece is actually, now that we've, we've dealt with Adonijah, we've seen Solomon deal with Adonijah. Now we get to verse 26 and 27, just this short little piece, which is about his dealing with Abiathar. Yes. Okay. Abiathar was the priest of, from the old priesthood, from the Eli's line. Um, and he was, and he was with David. He was with mm-hmm. David. He sided with mm-hmm. David. But now he's also shown that he wants to side with Adonijah. He's already had that. We've already seen right. him do that. And so now we're going to watch as Solomon is going to come face to face with him and they're going to have words over how things are supposed to go down. Okay. I'll read that. Those two verses. Okay. And to Abiathar, the priest, the king said, Go to Anathoth, to your estate, for you deserve death. But I will not at this time put you to death, because you carried the ark of the Lord before David my father, and because you shared in all my father's affliction. So Solomon expelled Abiathar from being priest to the Lord, thus fulfilling the word of the Lord that he had spoken concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. Okay. I don't think we'll spend much time on this, because we still have two other portions to get to. But there's something significant happening here. Abiathar is the one in this chapter who's not going to be executed. He is not going to be executed at all. Um, He is a priest, like we said before, in the line of Eli. We would take this all the way back to 1 Samuel chapter 2, 32 and 33, and 1 Samuel 3, 12 through 14. And we'd see that this is the fulfillment of that. Eli was told that his line would end and there would still, he wasn't told that it would completely die out, but that the men of his be, line 
right. high priest would not be in the priesthood anymore, and that's exactly what we see happening here. So this is the final. This is the final um, person that we're ever going to see in Eli's line. This is the final uh, descendant of Eli that we're going to have in Scripture, and we're watching as he is not killed but removed from any position that would have him tied to the priesthood any longer. And that's the that's our real point here. Mm-hmm. He deserved death because he sided with Adonijah, Adonijah exactly. and was a threat to the new kingdom mm-hmm. the way because the new of kingdom that. Would run. That's right. But Solomon showed him mercy mm-hmm. because of his um, because of service his to his dad. Connection to David. And That's because right. of um, this prophecy mm-hmm. about Eli. I mean, maybe sentence. because of the prophecy itself, who knows? But maybe he's also showed him some mercy because of the prophecy. I don't know. Right. I don't but know. either way, it's certainly fulfilling that right. prophecy. So, so, but what you're saying is true. He's shown that mercy in line, uh, in light of, hey, you were good to my father. You were there with him. You, you worked with him and, and uh, stood before the Lord uh, alongside him. And that's good. So, I'm going to take that into account now. Even though you sided with Adonijah and I could kill you, you even deserve death, but that's not how it's going to go. But you do have to stay to yourself. Right. You know, you're going to live over there on your land, in your house. Don't come back <laughs> to the temple your lane and expect again. to be again. <laughs> stay in your lane. Don't come back to the temple and expect to be taking priesthood duties. You don't right. have those anymore. Those aren't yours anymore. Now, this speaks volumes to us typologically. Yes. Because I think we're seeing an old priesthood that uh, that stood before the ark mm-hmm. and that is being honored because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we think of Judaism, frankly. We think of religious Judaism, which could have been eradicated by God. Right. Could have been, but wasn't. They took the wrong side took, when Jesus came. That's right, came. they took the wrong side. When exactly the new kingdom right. came, they were not on the right side. Correct. So they did deserve that, but God had mercy. It was mercy. Because. Of the connection yes. to Christ. Because of the connection to the father mm-hmm. uh, that Solomon's talking about. You were good to my father. You were, mm-hmm. There is a connection there. There's something significant there. There's mm-hmm. something, you know, that God is honoring there. And God has promised, even still, to always honor his promise. Paul talks about this. Mm-hmm. The promise made to Abraham and the children of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham. Is it good to be a Jew? Paul says, absolutely, it's good to be a Jew. There's great yes. great things about being yes. a Jew. And um, and he's Paul, Paul does not want to see that be minimized he's Mm -hmm. really really putting some importance on it but they can come to christ just like all of us can come to christ and god has not done away with them because god is faithful even when man is faithless he still loves them that's right exactly and so we see abiathar here still giving their life they're still giving their life the jews today know who they are they're still the jews they're still tied to abraham they can trace their bloodline all the way back to abraham still which is our proof that God keeps his promises. It is proof. It is living proof. The Jews are living proof that God's promises are viable and real and he is faithful. And so, so Abiathar lives on. But do they have the duties of intercessors today for God's people? No, they do not. They are removed from that position. But they still have a place. They're still a people. They're still, they can still come to be a part of what God has done through right. the Messiah. And still be part of the new kingdom. And mm-hmm. uh, Abathar had that opportunity, and it looks like he took it. 
yeah, it looks like he does go home, decide to be part of the kingdom. He's not gonna. He wants to go ahead and be. He's and, the only one who's told to go home, who actually stays there and does what he's supposed to do. Yeah, sounds yeah, like the only one. It sounds like, and surely, oh, it's just pointing to we see Jews very much alive today, being able to be part of the kingdom today. If they, and many of them do choose yes. to be a part of the new kingdom yes. today. Yes. So. Okay, so then let's move on to 28, see if we can keep going and get this chapter done. But 28 through 35 will be our next portion. Okay. When the news came to Joab, for Joab had supported Adonijah, although he had not supported Absalom, Joab fled to the tent of the Lord and caught hold of the horns of the altar. And when it was told King Solomon, Joab has fled to the tent of the Lord, and behold, he is beside the altar. Solomon sent Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, saying, Go strike him down. So Benaiah came to the tent of the Lord and said to him, The king commands, Come out. But he said, No, I will die here. Then Benaiah brought the king word again, saying, Thus says Joab, and thus he answered me. The king replied to him, Do as he has said, strike him down and bury him, and thus take away from me and from my father's house the guilt for the blood that Joab shed without cause. The Lord will bring back his bloody deeds on his own head, because without the knowledge of my, king, of my father David, he attacked and killed with the sword two men more righteous and better than himself, Abner the son of Ner, commander of the army of Israel, and Amasa, the son of Jether, commander of the army of Judah. So shall their blood come back on the head of Joab and on the head of his descendants forever. But for David and for his descendants and for his house and for his throne, there shall be peace from the Lord forevermore. Then Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, went up and struck down and put him to death, struck him down and put him to death. And he was buried in his own house in the wilderness. The king put Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, over the army in place of Joab, and the king put Zadok, the priest, in the place of Abiathar. All right. Well, all right, so... So this news that came to Joab was, is it that Adonijah has been killed? Yes, no question. Adonijah has been killed. This is what Joab hears. And so Joab knows, ooh, my time could be really short. I, mean, I was supporting Adonijah, and now Adonijah has totally made the king mad. I mean, probably they were feeling, Joab's probably feeling pretty good because it looked like Adonijah and, and Solomon were going to get along and everything was going to be okay, so right. he's going to be okay too. But now when he hears but Adonijah couldn't stay in his own house. been executed, yep. Now he's <laughs> like, oh my goodness, this guy's going to wind up good for me. I've was supporter of Adonijah, he's going to come after me next. So he so, does exactly what Adonijah did and runs to the tabernacle. Exactly, runs to the tabernacle slash, uh, yeah, tent and gets lays hold of the horns of the altar, which is exactly what we saw Adonijah do um, back in chapter 1, verse 50, whenever he went to call the horns, and that wound up with some mercy for him, not because he took hold of the horns, I don't believe, but that was part and parcel with the whole story, and he didn't get mercy from Solomon, and so Joab is hoping he can get some mercy here too. But what we're told... He, I think he doesn't think they'll really kill him if he's right there. Right. You could, surely you wouldn't kill somebody right in the midst of God's house, right. where, you know, 
mercy is offered and so forth. Interestingly enough, God has already provided for this scenario in Exodus 21, 14, where he makes clear that a murderer can be killed at the horns of the altar if necessary. It doesn't even matter. They can be taken from the horns of the altar and killed. In other words, there's no sanctuary that can be found for murderers. Uh, and if we go back and read all of 2 Samuel, especially 2 Samuel, um, or I'm sorry, yeah, both 1 and 2 Samuel, uh, but certainly 2 Samuel, um, but both, both books, then we'll find that Joab is constantly mm-hmm. doing things mm-hmm. that are about his own way of thinking. That he has his own way of trying to make sure that David's kingdom is established. And it is, it has everything to do with violence, murder, revenge. Right. And as you were talking that. about earlier, we were talking about this and Joab always had David's interest at heart. Right. Yeah. He wasn't against David. Nope. But he went about it the wrong way. Not right. the way David had told him to do it. David was so clear. He He just always was ready to kill somebody. Kill somebody to try and make sure that things worked out well for David. So like you're saying, yeah, absolutely. David, David, he was all about David. David's rule, David's right. Yes, I'm going to, I want David to be the man. He is the man. And Joab's going to make sure. He just thinks David gets a little bit lax in his his willingness to deal with the people, yes, that have to be dealt with. So Joab's going to help them. Joab's going to make sure that those people get dealt with. He had a violent and vengeful spirit. Yes. And he was. And that is what has to be eradicated. I mean, that's the. I mean, this in this instance. And when we were talking about this, it sounds like the Crusades. It does. There's yes. Those people had hearts for God. They really wanted to do. We are going to establish Yahweh's reign, establish Jesus's reign around the world, and. We're going to take over for Christ. We're going to make sure people know Jesus is in control. They were doing it with a violent and vengeful spirit. That's right. They were pulling swords. And self-centered superiority. And that is not the way God calls us to do this. That's right. We also have examples of that in our own day. Uh, We just have to be careful that we're not... It doesn't mean we're out murdering people, but... But there's always somebody who's words? willing to take, yes, first of all, it's murder with words. Absolutely. We have to ask ourselves that. What's the spirit inside me that's that's seeking to, you know, if necessary, murder other people spiritually and take them down, you know, Matthew chapter five, uh, where murder is not just defined as something you do when you take somebody's head off with a sword. Murder is when I just am evil to other people, when I wish them dead, when I think that they're too stupid to be alive, you know, uh, that's murder. This self-centered superiority thinking that I know best. That's right. That I can force people. How can we force people? That's right. To be a part of the right kingdom. Yeah. Like we We can't do that. Nope. That's not how that works. Jesus comes along and says, my kingdom is established through servanthood, through even slavery to your fellow man. You enslave yourself to them. You are act as servants slash slaves to them. Which is uh, really interesting because we've been talking about in our Sunday morning Bible class mm -hmm. about the early church. And that's exactly what we've been talking about. They grew so in such amazing Mm -hmm. numbers at a time when they were absolutely at the bottom rung yeah. of society and be, and they did it through servanthood and gentleness and yes. 
love and um, not the forceful violence right. and uh, yeah. vengeance. So, I, I just could, something uh, to remember. I just think that's so apropos that this is in here because mm -hmm. this is a spirit that has to be taken care of. And it'll always try and mirror its head. Now. We're just people, yes, and this will always try and mirror its head because we believe the way to deal with things we don't like or that are even opposed to the kingdom our first our go-to response is well then let's go kill that which usually means unfortunately take matters into our own hands and do violent things if necessary to make right. sure and that people know yeah. that jesus is number one but if you recognize that you have that tendency and that spirit in you mm -hmm. then you need to take radical measures radical steps to get steps. rid of it yes i don't mean kill, kill it kill that spirit in you yes yes do away with it because right. it will it will kill you it will it will kill you it will take you over it will kill the church mm -hmm. and so we and have this to be is, really careful oh i cannot agree more with everything you're saying there you're saying it right this is where we are this is what this is who we are as people we are a bunch of joabs Nobody actually wants, I mean, I don't know anybody, don't know anybody, haven't known anybody as Christian who actually wants to take the church away from Jesus. They just mm -hmm. think they have better ideas of how to do things. Right. They haven't probably just, mainly because they haven't stayed in the Gospels enough and let them soak in enough to go, oh, look, every time Jesus has an opportunity to use his power to prove to everybody that he's the Messiah, instead he becomes a sacrificial servant and they allows them to walk on him even kill him if necessary because that's the way he believes or he's proving to us that the kingdom is meant to be established wow i think maybe huge. the saddest line in here to me is in verse 34 when it says and he was buried in his own house in the wilderness oh yeah that's no his, that is no small statement yeah, right there to me that just means he's the generation that didn't make it to the promised land right he's actually in, he a, in a very and, spiritual sense he's outside and of in that land. way that generation was this spirit because yes they didn't like the way god was going to do this that's right they didn't like god's way and they were things. grumbling and complaining and uh, yeah. thought they had a better way yes and... joab is proving that he's connected to that mm -hmm. and this statement yes in the buried in the wilderness yeah that's we should immediately just like you did we should our mind should go to oh who got buried in the wilderness a whole generation yeah. wait a second a whole generation got buried generation in the wilderness that, that was faithless jesus is that still was talking about yes. yeah the generation when jesus uses that language he's using it for that reason right. faithless generation faithless faithless and Joab is faith. He proves he's faith. He doesn't have faith in what his king is saying. Hey, we're not violent. We're going to do this a non-violent way. He can't can't buy into that. He thinks, yeah, David just doesn't know what he's talking about. We're going to have to deal with this. So right. I'm going to deal with this, and then we'll. Um, but but oh, yeah, this is a big deal. I think it's I think it's, it's very it's relevant. So relevant. So, so yeah. relevant to the church throughout history. Okay. So now that we've dealt with Jimmy. three people, we've dealt with Adonijah, yes, we've this, dealt with the Bible. And Joab fire, was one of the ones that was on David's on list, David's hit list that's when right, he exactly. talked to Solomon. So, yeah. so now we've dealt with the first one of those. Now we have three people dealt with, and we have one more who's also on David's hit list that we have to deal with, and that's shit. So verse 36 through the end of the chapter, 36 through 46, uh, we're going to see how this works. Okay. Yeah.
Then the king sent and summoned Shimei and said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem and dwell there. Do not go out from there to any place whatever. For on the day you go out and cross the brook Kidron, know for certain that you shall die. Your blood shall be on your head, own head. And Shimei said to the king, What you say is good. As my lord and king has said, so will your servant do. So Shimei lived in Jerusalem many days. But it happened at the end of three years that two of Shimei's servants ran away to Achish, son of Maacah, king of Gath. And when it was told Shimei, Behold, your servants are in Gath, Shimei arose and saddled a donkey and went to Gath to Achish to seek his servants. Shimei went and brought his servants from Gath. And when Solomon was told that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and returned, this the king sent and summoned Shimei and said to him, Did I not make you swear by the Lord and solemnly warn you, saying, Know for certain that on the day that you go out and go to any place, whatever, you shall die? And you said to me, What you say is good, I will obey. Why then have you not kept your oath to the Lord and the commandment with which uh, I, I'm sorry, with which I commanded you? <clears throat> the Lord also said to Shimei, You know in your own heart all the harm you did to David, my father. So the Lord will bring back your harm on your own head. But King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. Then the king commanded Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he went out and struck him down, and he died. So the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. Man, this story, we have a couple of things, yeah, we have a couple of things that are jumping out at us right away, uh, that names we know and stuff like Gath, uh, is, we've it's already where heard this before, from. that's where Goliath is from, yes, exactly. It's a so Philistine. It's Philistine, part of the Philistine kingdom, one of the big cities of the Philistine, so we have, uh, we have kind of a ugly feeling in our stomach about Gath and what it means, but that's part of the point because a new kingdom has been established and so these servants are going to run off to Gath and the fact is Shimi shouldn't follow them we know that they just agreed the, the agreement that they made was for Shimi to stay inside the walls of Jerusalem he's going to stay in his house again like he said and Nigel was given <laughs> his choice Abiathar has been told that he, he needs to do this and now Shimi is told this, this can work out okay for you but you need to stay at your place or in this city or basically in your house you know um, stay right here do not leave Jerusalem now this sounds like when we were first talking about it you brought up this does sound very much like a certain section of scripture that we've heard before do you want to bring that up here numbers uh cities of refuge <laughs> yes see i'm surprising I'm you because we didn't yeah. talk about this and i was going to ask you I'm going, a question what should i say earlier um, yeah, you actually brought this up uh, yeah. earlier but this does sound a lot like that because that's what right what he's saying manslaughter or potential murderers are told that they can go to a city of refuge and just stay there mm-hmm. and then be judged and if it's that judged they have that to they stay are, there. that's right if it's judged even that they committed manslaughter but not murder they're not being held accountable for murder. They still have to live within the city walls and be taken care of by the priests. And then, you know, there is potential for them to leave whenever the high priest dies. But 
that's they're not even going into all of that here, but you can still hear the overtones of the city of refuge.、Right. And so it's like Solomon is saying, "I'm the avenger of blood. My father was the victim, and you are the manslaughterer."、Yeah. So you can stay here inside this city, inside these walls, and live. But the second you step foot outside, just like if it was a city of refuge, then you'll die. And so you can't go anywhere. And Shimmy says, "Good plan." Yeah, Shimmy says, "That's I like this plan. Shake on it.、Right. Here we go. Yep, we'll be we'll be cool. I'll stay right here. No problem." But it didn't take him long to. Two years later, yeah. Is it so three years? Three years. At、yeah. the end of three years, Shimmy finds out his servants have run off. Yeah, and what is he? I I think he's filled with rage. Yes. I agree. I think he's filled with rage. I think he is because this is these are his possessions. That's right. In、yeah. his mind, these people are subject to him, subjugated to him, and he would like for that to continue.、Right. And so, even though they go to Gath to Achish to find refuge, now that's something that David did. David went to Achish, Achish of Gath, when he was being chased by Saul, First Samuel twenty-seven, and finds refuge there. Finds a place to stay where he gets some protection there. Saul still hates it. Saul still wants to lay hands on David, but Saul isn't able to. But here, just the very fact that I have a Saul supporter running to Achish, running to Gath to lay hands on to Achish of Gath to lay hands on his servants who he believes belong to him. This is enough to take me back to Saul. And the way Saul does things, and that's the very thing that Shimi doesn't want to give up on. He likes Saul. He likes Saul's reign. He wants to keep that going. Right. And so I see that he hasn't changed. Actually, his heart hasn't changed. He's still the same Shimi he always was. Right. I mean, those words, Shimi arose and saddled a donkey、yep. and went to get. He made his decision right there. That's he right. Didn't stop to think. He completely. I don't know if he just put it out of his mind that. Did he think maybe that, maybe think Solomon? Maybe I can get by with it. Won't、maybe、notice. Solomon, Solomon's got too many other things going on. He won't notice. But he should have thought about that a little harder. Yeah, he definitely should have. Yep. So Solomon gets told, sure enough, in verse forty-one that Shimei's gone to Jerusalem to Gath and return, and so he calls, you know, Shimei. Says, look, here's here's what we agreed on. Here's what you said. I said this, and you said, "Yep, I like it. I'll obey that." Verse forty-two. So why did you not keep the, your oath to the Lord and the commandment with which I commanded you? Verse forty-three. So the king says to Shimei in verse forty-four, "You know in your own heart all the harm that you did to David, my father. So the Lord will bring it back, bring back your harm on your own head. But King Solomon shall be blessed." And the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. Then the king commands Benaiah, and Benaiah takes his head off. Benaiah kills him. Well, we have the spirit again. This spirit of traditionalism, the spirit of the way things have always been, spirit of、uh, stubbornness. I'm not going to move from the way of my position, the way I've always felt like things ought to go. Folks, this spirit can't stay with us. This spirit isn't a new kingdom spirit. I feel like these stories are old, old wineskin stories. Yes, or like old, old garment stories. Old wineskin、uh, versus new wineskin. Right. Is what it because this、like. new kingdom has come, 
and it's not going to fit into these old ways of doing things. Right. They're going to burst. Yes. And so this is what shimmy is. Yeah, the shimmy spirit has to go. He's got a spirit. He doesn't want to accept that the kingdom has has made a shift, made a shift into a new era. And Shimmy doesn't want to accept it. He's desperate not to accept it. Doing all he can not to accept it. And uh, and this won't work. It won't work. You can't. It isn't going to be the same kind of relationship. So you're not going to have the same kind of superiority over others you had before. Guess what? There's going to be you know your servants, your Gentile servants. You've been shown mercy. Mm -hmm. Shimmy has been shown mercy. Yeah, exactly. He gets to live in Jerusalem in his own house, even though he was actually evil to the father yes. of the one who is on the throne now. But Solomon's going to show mercy. going to show mercy. But he has no mercy for his own servants. Yeah. Then he turns around and he shows no mercy yet to those who are under him. And so... So the king calls him back in front of him and says, this can't keep going. You're out. You're out. I can't let this go unpunished. So he doesn't... Um, big big idea so we've got all of these that we've seen in this chapter have been these these spirits that have to go the spirit of self selfish manipulation to seek power that Adonijah had that has to go the spirit that Joab had of self-centered superiority and violent revenge that has to go this spirit of shimmy that is traditionalism, we could say, or a refusal, a stubbornness, a refusal to accept the new era of the kingdom mm-hmm. and that things work differently now, that has to go. These are things that must go. And and they have to go in the, in the church. This is, this is about the kingdom of peace that we live in right. under Jesus. That's what this is about. Well, I think it's really cool because it ends with, so the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon, which takes us right back to verse 12. Yep. Uh, as you have pointed out to me, that um, says, So Solomon sat on the throne of David, his father, and his kingdom was firmly established. Yep. So that's kind of this inclusio. That, yes, our uh, inclusio, our bookends. Bookends all these stories together. Stories that we've just talked about, about these spirits that have to go. Yes. So it's kind of have to be taken out in a literary way, telling us this is how the new kingdom gets firmly established by getting rid of these kinds of spirits. And because we don't live in a kingdom, (laughs) you know, here in America, we don't understand. But in in a lot of places, Mm -hmm. people still understand this when there's a new kingdom, new king, a new king comes to the throne, especially a new dynasty. Yeah. Then, uh, but this wasn't even a new dynasty. This was just a new king. Yeah. Then some some of the old things are going away. That's they right. have to be eradicated. Things will take a shift. In order for this new kingdom to, to flourish. To really get a foothold and flourish. And yes. um, so and this is what's happening. And if you're not on, on board with it, yeah, then you can find yourself on the, on the wrong end. Right. And we yeah. see this even in the kingdom of God. Yeah. In a spiritual sense. A That's spiritual exactly sense. what's happening here. Because it is a spiritual kingdom of God. Yes. And things have to be done away with. Certain spirits have to go. Spirit of violence, spirit of stubbornness. These things have to go. Have to be eradicated. 
All right. Well, Man, beautiful. Whatever. I really do love that chapter, but um, even though on the surface it seems so odd, it's like, yeah. I can, oof, this is ugly. How can we get anything good out of this? It sounds so anti-Jesus, but typologically, typologically, it speaks It is anti-Jesus. That's us. the problem. <laughs> the, yeah, in a way that Those we don't expect. Those things have to be eradicated. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In a way. I just mean it sounds anti-Jesus, you know. <clears throat> In that old violence, and everybody getting their heads taken off. But yes, it's actually anti-Jesus in the other way. Yep. Um, well, wonderful, wonderful stuff. We'll go on to chapter three next time. We, as uh, Solomon's going to ask for wisdom, we'll take a closer look at that. Really glad, great to uh, have you all here. So glad you're following along with us. Keep it up. Uh, we will continue to look typologically at the scriptures, and we hope you have a great few days. And we will talk to you again really, really soon. God bless. Thank you.